0: It is actually the terrible things in life that prove the existence of God. It's the Anything But Ah. Quiet Time podcast. Hello, Carter and Rochelle.
1: I like it when you say things that mean things that you wouldn't like at surface level, just looking on, Uh go... Hey, that's exactly what this means. <gasps> Wait, what? Wait a minute, huh? You're messing around with words and making us think. Well, we
0: we teased it at the end of the last podcast, um, but I, I honestly, sitting here with all the headlines that we've had, uh, plus any maybe personal headlines that you've had, and yeah. there's always the question, especially from unbelievers, why would a good, all-powerful God
1: allow things to happen? And these these headlines, I feel like, are nothing new in the past couple of years, if you're Listening to this years ahead in the future. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's 2021, the fall of 2021, and we've had um, we've had some interesting things happening. Um, gosh, that's one way to put it in terms of weather. Mm-hmm. There was a weather. hurricane that that's right. delved into states that have never experienced the after effects of a hurricane like this before, like New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm experienced flooding in a way that they've never it was unprecedented and and then there was of course what happened in afghanistan Mm -hmm. um in the midst of a pandemic this has all been very i don't know i feel like we keep saying the same thing over and over again don't you
0: I don't know what to say anymore. With today's
1: headlines. It's like yeah. uh, any day's headlines
0: lately. It's it's really hard um to be able to I and mean, this is why we don't talk about it a lot of the time. We just talk about how what's your, what's your weekend, what's going on this weekend. We want to talk about something good, something nice, something yeah. fluffy. Um, but it is the questions still are there, especially if you're a person of faith and you might have a friend or family member that is not. And that this is always the place that it goes. Well, why would this be allowed to happen? Now, I'm not going to answer that question because I don't think anybody really can. And even
1: if God decided he was going to answer your question, mm -hmm. I would venture to guess you would think that his answer wouldn't, it wouldn't meet the expectation Mm. that you had for it. It, Like, it wouldn't be good enough according to our standard. Yeah, I think that's true. Because we could only see so far, whereas he can see from a a greater perspective, a grander perspective.
0: But if we're talking about the existence of God, I think we got to look at. The moral landscape and where we are at and where we've been, I mean, honestly, as a people, it is there are things that are inherently wrong that everybody, 99 percent of people would say murder is wrong.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, People would say most of the time they would have empathy for people that go through hard things like a hurricane or what's gone on in Afghanistan. And if there was no creator, it would just simply be that there would be no pull. There would be no morality. If we were just bags of of uh, you know flesh. bio flesh that you know just existed, there would be no moral scale. But there also wouldn't be. I mean, we we as a society could look at anybody that's gone through something tragic and go, "Hmm, well, glad it's not me. Good luck with all that." And yet you see a poll, Christians and non-Christians, because I think everybody has this moral scale in them that they either, you know, give into and, and realize there's a creator or just slowly move away from. But so many are helping mm-hmm. with these situations. We could just move on about our business. But there are prayers. There's financial aid. There's people going to volunteer, and especially like Louisiana after Ida. Mm-hmm. And there is this poll that we should help. Well, why would we feel that if we weren't created to feel that?
1: Yeah, no that's really true. But our our I like how you call it our gauge or ruler inside of us is to to know um hey I need to help somebody when I see them in need. Mm-hmm. Uh how we define what is good is going to ultimately be different from what God defines as good because his is a perspective Again, that sees from, uh, up close because he is with us, he says, mm-hmm. but also in the grand scheme of things says this has to happen in order for, um, in order for my ultimate good. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to say that out loud when you see, uh, you know, families ripped apart, um, you know, the the sins that take place in this world, you're like, well, how can this be allowed to happen if our God is good? But if God is the one who creates us and knows what is good, then we ultimately, I'm going to use the word again, have to lean not on what we understand and are capable of understanding, but lean into his wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. And so... Years from now, we may be able to have glimpses of seeing, oh, this is why God may have allowed this to touch my life or their life. Mm -hmm. Years from now, we may have a little bit more perspective because we've had some time for healing to take place. But even then, I don't know that we're going to have a full picture um, because of what Scripture tells us about seeing through a glass darkly. uh, And then we will know in full. And that may not feel like that's a good enough answer, Mm -hmm. but it has to be. When it comes to trust, it's it's like a, your child, Ezra, is 15 months old, and he trusts his daddy 100%. But when you take him into the doctor's office and he has to get a shot. Yep.
0: And I'm oh, sitting there holding him.
1: <laughs> or he has to get tested for something or whatever, and he is crying and it does not feel good. How could my good father allow this to happen to me? You have.
0: The knowledge that it's ultimate good.
1: You have a perspective there.
0: No. There are a lot of things that I think, uh, at least for me, I'm able to just go, okay, well, the reason a lot of bad things happen is because there's sinful people in the world and God gives us free will. But it is these things that are out of people's control, like storms and diagnosis and and things that are hard. But you and I were also talking the other day about uh, some of those verses in the Old Testament where God seems to promote... um, a lot of atheists will use verses out of context of mm-hmm. promoting. I mean, see how much God promotes violence. Look at all this. <laughs> and there's a lot that you can really write off because yeah. they're using it out of context. And they're, you know, uh, either somebody acted without God's permission or this was just, you know, an analogy or this or that. But there there's a couple places where God, it's hard to understand, but yeah. God ordered the destruction of whole cities. And that includes everybody in them, not just grown yeah. men. Yeah, yeah. And, um, ultimately if, if we trust that there's a creator and I just kind of go back to the roots on that Mm -hmm. of, I've heard it very simply put in three in, in order of three, uh, everything that has a beginning has a cause, uh, the universe had a beginning, therefore the universe has a cause. Mm -hmm. Boom. Ultimately. I, that's the best explanation of the universe is God, and then let's go from there on which one we're talking about. And I believe the God of the Bible is is the God, and and so when you look back um, at some of these things, if you have a you know a, a belief that there is a creator, I got to be good with whatever, like you said, He allows is good mm-hmm. that it, that is His will. And if there are verses in the Old Testament or bad things that happen nowadays. Uh, I just have to be good with it. and there, and yeah. that's not easy to tell people,
1: especially that don't believe. If you follow Christ, then you believe that what he deems good is good. Mm-hmm. And so if he asks you know the the group of Israelites to take out the Canaanites, because mm-hmm. I think that was the passage that we were that that was being you know, brought up on Twitter or whatever it was, and somebody was saying, Well, look,
0: your God loves violence. That kind of it was the attitude. and again,
1: it lifted from context and and not just biblical context civilization wise yeah you know you if you study the cultures and civilizations of the times it gives us a greater appreciation for why would why would maybe god do this you know right. why would he say this when it doesn't feel like the god that we know through jesus christ and we have a very western Civilization.
0: We can't read our culture into the Bible.
1: Our foundation, whether or not we, um, in America, all one hundred percent agree with Judeo-Christian uh, belief system. I mean, that is what our our country is ultimately based on. I mm-hmm. keep saying the word ultimately, but it's true. Like our our justice system, we, we're coming from a place of you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. And so um, helping neighbors, loving each other, these are things that we find um, in our, our culture because of what's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, it's fascinating that when others are wanting to make an argument for or against something, they will lift these passages out of context. If I go see, and I've used this before, if I go see a movie and I tell you one line of the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will that give you the entire substance of the film?
0: You you're good at movies, so because uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. What is can you name a movie where there's a, a crazy dream sequence? Is there one that comes to mind where a character is I, dreaming about something? I'm sure there's
1: a Waynes World dream sequence in there with the... Okay. but I, I don't remember that movie at all, so it was a horrible reference. Um a dream sequence.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to think, because this would be probably. In fact, there's one with Happy Gilmore. Uh, it's not the oh, okay. most appropriate example, but there, uh, there's there, a dream sequence where he goes to his happy place, right? And so if, you, if you're if you familiar with this, he daydreams about okay. things that make him happy. And uh, this is the Adam Sandler golf movie. Yeah. And could you imagine if I just walked in on the dream sequence and then I walked back out? That movie... Was about imagining good things by the river and understanding that, no, it was a movie about an angry golfer. And yet, I just saw this one little part, and I'm telling people that's what it's about.
1: But that works both ways, too. I think I I hear from Christians, and even myself, you you read something out of context with other faiths and cultures, Oh sure. and you'll use that against an individual. And that's not fair.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: So... In response to people who are lifting certain passages of Scripture with no context to support it, whether historical or biblical, Mm -hmm. and they are just wanting to say, see, to prove a point, they're not wanting to have a conversation with you. That is an
0: interesting, where do you go
1: from there? Do you have the conversation with them? If this is on social media, this is primarily what you're talking about, is social media. Either or. Or if it's a family member or friend. That... If people want to talk with you, I think you get a sense right away. Uh-huh. If you're just reading somebody who, like the one that you were showing me is was just like seven different scriptures. That's all it said.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they were, were in support of, I think it was abortion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were, and yeah.
1: So, and that's all it said. It just gave these scriptures basically saying, see, God was fine with this too. Um, some of the scriptures that they used had nothing to do. Right. Actually, most of the scriptures had nothing to do. And if you read from cover to cover the Old Testament, because that's where all of the scriptures that this particular person had chosen to use, um, what you're going to find with your heavenly father is long-suffering with us. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what you're going to read. You're giving multiplicity of chances to people. The patience, yeah. And even if we could go into the, all right, go in and destroy all the Canaanites from infancy to you know the elders, whatever. But then, how do you see them a couple chapters later on? I mean, we could question all of these things, mm. um, but that's not our job here today. Our, our job here today is to say once again in Proverbs three verses five and six, um, which are easily one of the most quoted scriptures in a Mardell Christian bookstore ever. To lean not on your own understanding, but to acknowledge Him in those moments, especially of "I don't know what's going on here."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but I I've consistently read how God gives chance after chance. You see in the book of Jonah, Ninevites; these were not good, wholesome folk. These were not the people that, if you heard, "Hey, a hurricane's coming, we should go save that town," we'd be like, "Oh yeah, we'll be the first ones on the boat to mm-hmm. save." They were like, "Well, maybe we're better off on this planet without yeah. them there." You know, There's those are those there. types of people. Yeah, which sounds horrible, but what did God do? He sent one of His own because he, he hadn't given up on Him yet, and and Jesus promotes forgiveness, and this is that children are so important to Him. You know, it's not about. Um, Anyway, we go on forever with this particular subject matter. It was fascinating when approached by somebody on the outside of your belief system with scripture, how should you respond? I think that's the response. If they want to truly have a conversation and maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have the ammo that you need to, (laughs) to fire back, that's a horrible choice of metaphor because it's not about a fight.
0: Right, yeah.
1: It's about a conversation. But if you don't have what you need in your backpack, for the day, do some research on it. Say, I'd love to have a conversation with you about this. And I'm sure that I can find more about it. Can we talk? Can we get coffee?
0: Well, and and it is, it'll show uh, in a lot of ways what the point is, because uh, just because you don't know something doesn't mean that your opponent, if you will, m- proved that Christianity is untrue. <laughs> Just right. because you didn't know something, so the pressure is not on us. We can always say, "Let me let me go look into that. I'll yeah. find that out." With the trials themselves, just to back up, uh, but on a more personal level, where do we go mm-hmm. when we're dealing with hard things? And I had read this the other day in, in First Peter. Uh, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested. As fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I had a friend that lost his job a month ago, and I just met up with him yesterday, and I I didn't know how he was going to be.
1: So you were tiptoeing around.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't. A little
1: bit. I, and I knew we were going to talk about it. Okay. Uh,
0: but I I didn't know um, yeah. how to get into it. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, he's really good. And he's really good. Really, he kind of attributed to one main thing. When he got let go, it was unexpected. He made a decision right then and there. He even felt God kind of in that moment. Like, he could have argued with him. And he felt God, you know, just. Tell him, was there, you know, if you guys need anything else, I could, Mm -hmm. I could volunteer here or I could, uh, any other job that comes up that might be, he didn't throw a fit. And um, he made a decision, there's a fork in the road, he made a decision to just not go bitter. Mm -hmm. And the way I kind of see it, it's like he got physically wounded Mm -hmm. and he decided to take a lot of good care of that wound and make sure nothing, you know, that could infect it goes in. Yeah. I'm going to be very, very cautious and not that we should live in negativity or bitter even when we think we're strong enough anyway, but there's a very sensitive time right after we're hurt, Oh,
1: yeah. right
0: after we get broken up with, right after we get fired and we could, that wound could get really infected and he just made the decision, I'm not going to go there. And other people would try in a, in a somewhat helpful way to get him to go there.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about, um, you know, my husband's a nurse. And so there are people that are qualified to care for someone who's wounded. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who, um, I remember I got bit by a dog when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And my mom stayed pretty calm, but she she was not the person to address the wound. Right. I needed stitches and I needed a professional. Um, and she, she kept her cool, but I think on the inside she was in hysterics. Yeah. She was not the person to be holding the needle in that moment. Even though maybe she, you know, practiced on some quilts and stuff in the past. Sure. My point being, um, when we have those around us who know us best to care and maybe help address a wound and know how to pray, that's one thing. But perhaps, uh, perhaps you feel like you're a an amateur professional in terms of helping people, and and you want to let them know I'm siding with you in this, and you get hysterical. For them, mm-hmm. and this was wrong and they shouldn't have done this for you. You could be doing nothing that just reopening the wound again. And it it's it is Nobody who's truly following after Christ, who is saying, all right, Lord, if you say that you will work all things together for my good. And somehow this is ultimately for my good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are maybe being more of a stumbling block like Peter, when he takes Jesus aside and says, Jesus, you will never Be taken. You will never die like this. You need to stop saying that. And Jesus does not say, "Hey Peter, you know what? You're right. This is a horrible." He's like, "No, get behind me, Satan!" Right. You don't know what's good here.
0: There, it is is so admirable in some ways that somebody would fight for you on your behalf. But how are they doing it? How am I doing it if I'm if I'm on the outside? Because people. You know, we've talked about friends before, how friends will just kind of tell you what you want to hear. You know, if they if if I was to go vent to a friend, you know, you don't believe what happened today at work. You know, so and so did this. My friend would instantly go, they're crazy. What's wrong with people? And not even ask, well, yeah. would you do anything wrong? I mean, a lot of friends wouldn't. Most friends wouldn't, honestly, uh, because it's awkward. But also we have your back. Yeah. And, and that's and, what
1: a good friend is. You're supposed to support me. I've heard that so many you know, times on TV shows. Right? And I'm like in this instance, that's not helpful.
0: Yeah. In a lot of instances, it's true. In this instance, you're right. It's not helpful because I, I was even trying to like, I mean, I felt myself go in there with my friend yesterday, yeah. you know, like, uh, well, well, man, it's just messed up and whatever. And, um, he, you know, he just kind of, I, I kind of realized, yeah. oh my goodness, this would do more harm than good. And, and then he kind of just flat out said that he's like, people, you know, try to be uh, get me not not that they're trying to get him to go bitter but they but they just want to show that they support him by being mad and in turn they are infecting that wound that he's trying to protect especially while it's so well it's not a scar yet it's still an open wound
1: and I like the way that you share that he's being objective um using objective truth to shield mm-hmm. the wound mm-hmm. so it's like well that's fantastic that he's able to go into conversations with people well how is he doing that? And I, we talked last week about Jesus being tempted, and uh, I mean, you talk, not necessarily a physical wound, but he was physically tired and hungry, 40 days mm-hmm. weary in the desert, and that's when the enemy decides to come in and attack.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And instead of trying to fight it off with emotion, emotional bravery, or whatever you want to call it, he yeah. used objective truth, he used the word of God, and those were his answers, and I think that... That's what um, your friend has been trying to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and understanding that this is this is just what God has allowed and will we'll take care of him in the future. And then, you know, uh, especially God's going to take care of you no matter what, but especially with where they're at, uh, him and his wife, and the next day— You know, after kind of wondering what they're going to do, she gets a phone call for a business opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not. And I I hate to throw too many examples out there. I feel like, you know, Christian speakers and things can see when you're down. God's going to bring you up 10 times. Okay, I yeah, it's it's not everybody's example. It's nice. It happened to you. You know, I don't want to put the expectation that this is going to happen to you, too. Uh, But it was just cool to see God's provision in the midst of especially with them and where they're at in in genuinely seeking God in this.
1: And in fact, that they were seeking God, they were able to notice a wink. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, let's say that she's offered a thing, but it doesn't pan out. And then it's like, well, then that wasn't God's provision. It might've just been a friendly God wink saying, see, I still got you. Mm. Now this isn't the right thing for you either, but I, there are options. Yeah. And I've got the best one lined up. Can you trust me?
0: Yeah. And it's Um, not in our, timetable (laughs) no it's not in our timetable it's so
1: frustrating but again i you know our parents knew what was best for us when we were really little and i just have to keep going back to that if they knew and i could trust them how much more does god know and we can trust him
0: yeah yeah no that's very true so there there you go I, i think the existence of god is proven in difficult times and i think when we follow him in difficult times, we heard it from first Peter. So I don't really need to say much more, but your faith endures.
1: Yeah. We heard from a woman today who shared that her husband passed from COVID Mm -hmm. and 50 years old and unexpected. They have a 13 year old little girl. And, and I heard the trust in her voice, which I know that there are moments throughout the day. I'm sure where that wavers, and fear creeps in or sadness, all the, the, the emotional gamut, you know, of losing your best friend. So quickly and unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, but I could hear the trust. And I think that's where you just like if you are in a place right now where you I don't know what's happening. Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I was blessed by my conversation with her. And I, hopefully just hearing that um, just piece of the puzzle of her life story loves on you, too. And maybe that's where we're. we're yeah, we all need to just find ourselves in that well, place of trust because we don't know right now even one step in front of the, the one that you're taking, in this moment. Yeah. You don't know what's happening.
0: Well, and she said, "I'm trying to get my feelings online with what I know with what's true. Yeah, or in line with I know with what's true." Uh, um, and so, yeah, recognition of you're gonna be—I'd be a basket case every other day probably. But just understanding are my feelings true, or and what you know the enemy's trying to tell me true. Or what is objectively true that I can hold on to,
1: and we get things upside down. You know, you were talking about um, sometimes the church presents a story that's uh, it feels a little sugarcoated, no mm-hmm. matter how well intended. Where you get the miracle story, and you're like, "Well, I didn't get that." Yeah, and we've actually seen people write online, you know, the the evangelicals, because perhaps things didn't pan out the way that they were taught from the pulpit. True which, by the way, pastors do such a tremendous job. I think it's more than not that do a tremendous job in preaching God's word. Mm. Um, but there are always the few that, uh, sometimes it's the loudest ones, Sure, that misrepresent what it truly is to follow Christ. It's, um, it's picking up your cross and denying yourself and following after him. And what does that look like? It looks like heartache mm-hmm. on some days. Uh, but Jesus turned things upside down in terms of what people assumed about the law. And I, I heard it, this incredible analogy of um, if you got in your vehicle and people changed the rules on you tomorrow about traffic signals. Right. And now yellow doesn't mean yellow, caution. Now green doesn't mean go, and red doesn't mean stop. But you found out that this was a better plan somehow it would cause maybe confusion at first Mm -hmm. and chaos, maybe even a collision, you know? Oh yeah. Because you, Oh, you are changing the rules up on me, but there's a flow now that, and I, of course I can't think of that in this moment, what that would be.
0: Well, I'll give you an example. (laughs) I would, what they teach you with playing basketball is that you shoot the ball with one hand. You truly shoot the ball with one hand and your other hand just kind of steadies it.
1: Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm.
0: shoot the ball with two hands, but, I got in a bad habit and I was shooting the ball with two hands my whole life
1: Oh! and
0: I got to college
1: and you were doing pretty good doing the two. hands. I was,
0: you know, I learned in a, in a, uh, a good, uh, I learned in a bad way how to <laughs> adjust to a, a, the way to do it. Okay. And, um, so I could shoot longer shots actually cause I had double the muscle. Right. But, but it wasn't always as accurate. Certain days would be mm. up and down because I wasn't doing the best form. And so yeah. in college, I realized, first of all, you look like an idiot if you play <laughs> pickup basketball at college and you're shooting the ball with two hands like you're in fourth grade. Yeah. Um, but I realized I need to do this. I just, I need to go train like Rocky Four, and I need to go and shoot the ball with one hand. Well, I, I did. And for a while, for a while, I just shot around. And then finally, when I started playing games, it was, oh, man, it wasn't good. It was rough. It was rough because it was like, is this, are you sure? Like, I, are they sure? Are the experts sure? Because maybe I'm like, I should be doing my thing. But you stuck with it. But I stuck with it. And sure enough, after a few months, well, you a few saw weeks, the benefit you saw the difference and you yeah. saw why it was the better plan. That's a
1: great, oh my word. That's perfect. Yeah. That's, I think Jesus comes along and he tells us you're shooting with two hands mm-hmm. when it needs to be one. Yeah. Well, that means I have to relearn some stuff. Yeah. All over again but for the same purpose of making the shot. Right. Yeah. And so he's coming along and he's saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. When <laughs> all around them, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they have tassels, they have garments, they have beautiful uh, embroidered, whatever, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They look schmancy. Yeah, they And do. they know all the right words. And, That isn't being necessarily humble, you know, when you think about blessed are uh, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, he is saying things that don't align with what is understood Mm -hmm. in the culture, with what is understood in the law, the law being um, teaching, uh, known as the Torah uh, for most of us Gentiles, known as the Pentateuch. It's the first five books of the Old Testament. And so God, God is not throwing out through the words of Jesus the law. It's important, but he's saying to observe what's more important in the words of what Jesus is saying. You've, you've got some of these things, you're making it a double armed shot here. Mm-hmm. When I need you to realize functionality wise, benefits wise, not only benefiting yourself, but your team. Um, you need to be doing this with one arm. And people had to, whoa, he speaks with, we've never heard it like this before. And where does he get this authority? We are having mm. authority in place, the law. Mm. And it was well, in, in some ways it's harder, in some
0: ways it's easier, just like the shot. Yeah. You know, I only have to use one arm.
1: Well, they got used to it this way. Yeah. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees were all about the way that they had lined things up. And Jesus would challenge them because he knew what was in their hearts. And you know, they'd be like, Oh, you're doing things on the Sabbath. And he's like, dude, you you would be the first one because your payday comes from that oxen that fell in that ditch to go get the oxen out of the ditch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. On a Sabbath. Right. But yet you won't let me heal one of God's kids. Yeah. That do you see how backwards this is? You're trying to shoot the ball with two hands. It doesn't it, you're not you're not getting the value from what the Sabbath is meant to be about. It's supposed to be about, it's meant to serve you, not for man to serve it. And so we kind of got it backwards. Um, I I heard it said that it's like driving on the wrong side of the road. You go over into Europe Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're going to drive on the the wrong side of the road for most Americans, right? Um, And that'll take a day. In fact, there might be a lot of, I would imagine, accidents if there was a bunch of tourists on the road because we're not used to that. Right. You know, that would be really, really difficult, but that's the way they do it over there. And so it kind of turns things a little bit upside down, but at the same time, just like with your basketball analogy, it's like, but there was such great benefit because people were starting to see that the kingdom of heaven is made for the last and not the first. The kingdom of heaven is about serving your fellow man. The kingdom of heaven is tapping into some of those things that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, which is that good gauge Mm -hmm. to help Mm -hmm. people when you see them distressed, But also um, opening yourself up for um, the quote good that may also hurt, and somehow blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. You know that's one of the beatitudes as well in there in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, When men revile you and persecute you, call all manner names against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Yeah, say what for great is your reward in heaven. So it's not about what's happening here on earth. There's a heaven. And I love that Jesus undid some stuff in order for it to get better. And if you've ever tried sewing a piece of fabric and you're sewing along, sewing along, and you did it wrong, and then you have to undo everything and you do it again, even though it stinks, Mm -hmm. having to undo it all, get used to, oh, I'm supposed to be doing it this way. Now it'll fit. Yeah. It didn't fit before.
0: <laughs> it's, it's exactly right. It's, it's doing a lot of things backwards from what the world says. Yes. Um, redoing it in a different way or just doing it in a different way.
1: The emphasis is put on the right syllable with Jesus's, um, with his measurements. And I think some of that escaped as they went along. More laws became more important to some than others. mm You know, you are telling me that you can't take care of your parents in their old age. Why? I mean, he addresses this with the teachers. Mm -hmm. You can't take care of them because, oh, your your time, your money or whatever has to be used in a different direction. How do you get that out of honor your father and mother? You have chosen to glorify certain projects and laws in your own right as opposed to the one that God had planned. It's backwards. We need to fix it.
0: And I love that because, I mean, not only does it make sense, but then also it's like, sometimes we got to, I don't know if you feel like you're not doing enough for, I don't do enough mission trips or Mm -hmm. I don't do enough. You look at an example like that and it reminds me, Mm -hmm. am my first ministry is my family. Yeah. And, and it might be that I have a better balance than I think, or perhaps it should go the other way. I need to say no to this, disciple now youth retreat weekend or i need to say no to this mission trip yeah. because i need to spend time with my son i need to spend time with my wife or i need to go take care of my parents yeah and i don't know i just there's in, in christian culture i think sometimes your ministry of your family can take a back seat especially for paid staff the, the, i have the ministry is the church i have to do all this and that's great. Uh-huh. But the, I don't know, just that specific example reminds yeah. me. It is a lot more simpler than we make it, and it's probably the people that we live with.
1: It absolutely, yes. And then the opposite of that can be true in terms of just being lazy. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a, a trip reading through the book of Matthew right now and just once again seeing how Jesus, oh my gosh, I found myself laughing out loud at times. Just some of the things that he said and <laughs> Um. I don't know. It's not one of those things that you think, "Hey, I'm going to laugh out loud while reading the Bible." Uh-huh. But if you just catch the wit of our Savior, it's like, "Oh my gosh!" And just at the same time, when he's shaking his head in frustration, there's also this tremendous love for his kids in his heart, you know. And there's this, as we shared at the beginning, this long suffering, this patience to our Savior, and you know, he weeps over Jerusalem. He Oh, my word, Jerusalem, this city that I have longed to just draw close like a mother hen draws in her baby chicks. These these pictures that he paints and they're sweet and um, kind and loving. And so we have to tap into those things more so than maybe what and, and be objective as opposed to what maybe some other people that would be the naysayers coming around and say, well, look at your God does this and this. Again, context, historical, and biblical. Yeah, those are your friends.
0: Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, yes, I want to. I want to tell a funny story about my dad. Uh, maybe we should do that next week. Uh, my dad. Oh my word! I love about, this story. You want to talk about patience? Yeah. My dad had to have, and and I think if this was ten or twenty years ago, he would have blown up on the guy, but. <laughs> my dad had such patience and it was like excruciatingly like annoying, but also laugh out loud, hilarious at the same time. It was a customer service story. And it turns out my dad was dealing with a guy who was in business for himself and lived in the middle of nowhere. And (laughs) that guy played by his own rules. I want to tell you that story next week for the fun of it uh, with the anything but quiet
1: time podcast.